0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the Tip the Spear Leadership episode number twenty-four with Lieutenant Tyler Whitfield of the Clearwater Fire Department. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, styles and challenges as a new officer, and this is this is a very unique guest because this young man has uh, six months as a lieutenant now. No, two months. Lieutenant? As a lieutenant. Two months as a lieutenant, um, and. Uh, he's kind of right at our target audience of what I want to do here. He's, he's, he's right at that new officer, um, level. I think this is something that you guys can probably, uh, relate to. And, uh, you know, relatability is everything in my opinion, you know, any officer, any leader, formally or informally, especially the uh, formal officer, the officers or anyone in a formal leadership position, understand the hardest part is the transition from backstep to officer. Um, this is something that I personally uh, personally have a <laughs> some feelings for, and uh, you know I, I know what I went through. So enough about me. I've got Tyler here with me. Tyler, please introduce yourself for the listeners. Uh, give us a nice introduction, and uh, you know, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, as you said, I've, got, I've been a lieutenant for about two months now. Um, got just over six years uh, at my current department. Worked for a couple of fire departments before this, but Clearwater was right where I wanted to be when I was in fire school. A lot of the the leaders or mentors that I had in fire school that I look up to, they all worked for Clearwater. Some of them still work there. Some have left or retired. Um, So it's somewhere that I really wanted to be. So I take a lot of pride being there. Been there, like I said, a little over six years. I'm a a lieutenant. I float on B-shift, so I just, I go station to station. Uh, I am on the tech rescue team. Um, I am an instructor for the tech rescue team and the county team. And uh, I get to float around all the stations and kind of work with everybody on the shift. So it's kind of nice right now, uh, you know, being new in the position. I rode up for about a year and a half uh, in an acting capacity prior to actually being formally promoted. Um, so I got a lot of experience, you know, with the different folks on overtime or on another shift because I have transferred shifts when I got promoted. Uh, so that's pretty much it. I teach at a couple different conferences around around just doing some search stuff and uh, different fire ops stuff. But, uh, that's it for me too. Pretty new and looking forward to the podcast.
0: Excellent. So two months in your new officer, let's talk about it. What, um, what do you think has been your biggest challenge as a new officer and, and kind of transitioning from a uh, firefighter to
1: Lieutenant? So the transition for me, <coughs> um, one thing, excuse me, sure. all, the thing for me wasn't necessarily the transition. Um, so I, I say that loosely because like I said, I, I rode up a lot as a firefighter. Um, when I first got a promotion, I, I acted as a driver cause I already had my driving stuff prior to, to getting to Clearwater. So as soon as that opportunity arose, I took that opportunity to act in that capacity, to get that experience. Same with a, a Lieutenant, as soon as I was able to start acting or start, you know, learning things from that role, not necessarily just acting in that capacity, but just learning the knowledge. Right. Um, I was fortunate when I got off probation, my last few months on probation, I was at a single engine, not single it's a single AOS engine. I'm really sorry. Peter here. Hold on one second.
0: That's no, all right. Keep going.
1: So basically, um, I was acting in that capacity for quite some time. Um, and so with that, I was on, I was at an ALS engine. Uh, it's got an ALS engine and a heavy rescue. That's the house I was at. And I've been there ever since. Until I got promoted, I was um, at the house. It's Engine 51 in North Greenwood. It's a ghetto house. Uh, we don't get a ton of fire there, an okay amount. I mean, our county does. But just the experience of being on an engine, you know, dealing with personnel, uh, dealing with multiple lieutenants in the house with all, multiple different personalities, or experiencing that as a tailboard firefighter, right? Uh, I always tell people the biggest thing for me in my career so far has been never take an opportunity that you have to learn a different position. It's, it's not that you're learning that position to promote tomorrow. It's that when that time comes that you have the opportunity to either ride in that seat, take that class, learn that skill. You have some sort of uh, like a level, an awareness level of that topic or that skill. So when that time comes to actually learn it and and be proficient and competent at it, uh, you have some familiarization with it. You've seen it before. So it just makes that, that transition that we call it a little bit easier. So throughout my time as a tailboard, uh, you know, I would ask my lieutenant afterwards, obviously, and not to question them or my driver, whoever it might be. Hey, why did you do it that way? What did you see here? You know, what, what uh, classes or what? procedures did you take prior to this happening, to make sure that this was successful. So I was always very hungry to learn that. And not because I was quick to promote, or I really wanted to promote and be a boss or be anything. It was just that I wanted to learn the most in this job as I could. When I first got on the fire department back in 2013. There was some people that told me they're like, never, ever pass up an opportunity to learn something new, whether it just be something simple. And I know it's kind of cliche. We say it all the time. If you don't learn something new every day, you're kind of doing it wrong. But like, it is true because when you, when you do go to formally, you know, promote or formally take these classes or anything like that, you have that familiarization. It just makes it that much easier to transition as we call it into that, that new role.
0: Sure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking questions, you know, like I think you're just like anything else, you're only as good as your weakest link, right? And as a new officer, if you're unsure in your position, you're, you know, when you're new, you're going to be a little unsure, a little hesitant, a little apprehensive. Um, You could even be, I guess, shy. can cloud your judgment. And I think that, you know, you're going to need to ask questions. You're going to have to be a little vulnerable and kind of own up to it. But again, as, as I've said before on this podcast many, many times and stuff that I tell people when I, you know, just talk in passing and talking and... Pretty sure you and I have talked about this before, um, you know, through the Instagrams and all that is, you know, it all comes down to the basics, right? Basics, fundamentals, under, a clear understanding of the basics and basic fundamentals will allow you to adapt to basically any situation you have at hand, yep. right? You can make it work, you, you know, I mean, if you don't pull the handline, fire's not going out. You don't lay out, you're not going to get water. Yep. So, I mean... We're not going to go on in the rabbit hole of saying, well, you could just take your own hydrant. You know, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Lay out pull, hand line, right? Fire goes as first line goes. And the most difficult part of becoming an officer, I think, and being the boss is, is inside the firehouse, not even so much the fire ground. However, the translation from the firehouse to the fire ground is extremely important or um, is incredibly um, um, important. And I think that it has the most translation into whether they're going to trust you on the fire ground. Um, I think it's going to either help or grease the wheels or you're going to meet a ton of resistance. You can't make a decision in the firehouse, right? And then now you're going to go out to a situation where people's lives are at risk. They might not follow you. But, you know, you're a little unsure of yourself. You ask a lot of questions and you go on a call, but you know what to do as a firefighter. Hey, the only difference is now I'm the guy calling the shots, but I know this needs to get done because I've done this before. I'm experienced and I know the basics of layout, pull line, put the fire out. Yep. Aggressively put the fire out. It's that simple, right?
1: Yes, so, uh, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, so, you know, I, I think asking questions is incredibly important. And, you know, I've been an officer now for eight year, almost eight years. No, this is what is it, June? Eight years. Um, I've been in the department for 16 years. And, and you know, I got to tell you, I, I think asking questions is great. And, and I ask questions of guys on my shift all the time. You know, I'm not saying they're below me in any way beyond uh, the rank structure. So like you have fire two, fire three, a fire one. I mean, I'm going to ask you questions just, you know, because I'm curious or you're doing something and this is the big thing. You're doing something a different way than I've ever seen. I'm not questioning your abilities. I'm just, wait, well, hey, wait a minute. Why are you doing it like that? But ultimately, it's all about how you ask, right? So why are you doing it like that? Oh, well, you might have just done something completely different than I've ever done. And it's way easier the way you're doing it than I'm doing it. Or you see somebody do something, you're like, "Holy cow, um, that's really good." You know. So I, I think it's it goes back into that that mantra of you know leaders are lifelong learners, right? The whole thing of leaders are readers, all that kind of. I mean, they all they all say the same thing. But yeah. uh, I went down a little bit rabbit hole, and I apologize for that. But no. That's I think fine. It's
1: important. To be clear too. that was me. That was more my my mindset of sure. throughout my career so far up until yeah. Becoming yeah, absolutely. Officer. um because like I said, I just took every opportunity to try to learn from those people. But to get into exactly what you were just saying in regards mm-hmm. to now being an officer, right? Um, when I first got onto the fire department, I had a little bit of experience um, about three and a half years before I got into Clearwater. And I was one of those people that I will take every single class I could possibly take. Um, yeah. and I actually got a pretty bad rap when I first got there because they thought I was super cocky. Um, they thought I was trying to like throw what I used to do down their throats or what I am doing now down their throats and all this stuff. Right. So I got a pretty bad rap. Um, we had some, it's completely different topic, but just some political BS in, within the department that was causing people to have a bad mindset and bad taste in their mouth. So but
0: that's the reality of it. Instead of letting
1: it beat me down, like, cause it it did beat me down. Not going to lie. Like I was like, well, what? Sure. why am I, I'm doing all this good stuff that I think is good in my own mind and for the department and nobody's, nobody like realizes it or, you know, everybody just hounded me about it. So what I did is I just kept leading by example, you know, it's the most cliche old school thing. Like as a firefighter, I would just prove like, we'd go to a fire, I'd pull the line, I'd pull the ceiling, I'd, you know help with the size of help with the investigation, whatever needed to be done, the extrication stuff I'm, I love. So all these things I would take classes on and just show through time that I was competent in those skills. Right. Um, my thing, I say it all the time to people, uh, I, I strive for a, a subconscious set that created a conscious mindset. And that to me means you're so comfortable doing the basics. Like what you just said, I can pull a line, I can force a door, I can, you know, stabilize a car, uh, you know, whatever it might be and without thinking So now as an officer i'm on the fire ground and i can be doing what i need to do and i can be watching other people do what they're doing and maybe not the same way as what i would do it but because i'm so comfortable with those skills that subconsciously i'm evaluating if it's going to work or not and if it is great i'll let them do it if it doesn't work we'll talk about it after right but as long as they get the job done they maybe can do it a little bit more you know efficiently or proficiently but we'll talk about that after but that was my approach to it was where the basics to me are very important i love going to class and i love doing all the exotic stuff and i think that's what caused some of those people to have that pushback with me as a firefighter because they're like well we haven't even seen him do the basics yet why does he want to do all this crazy stuff and it's funny now it comes full circle and now i'm an officer but i also an instructor for our department we just had somebody come up to me the other day uh teaching the recruits and he's like hey lt uh can we do this this and this and he like did some crazy shit with webbing and I'm like, yeah, man, that's awesome. And I will never tell you not to do that. I said, but we're teaching the basics because the basics are quick. And we're just, we're dragging somebody, you know, six, 10 feet. We don't need to do all that stuff. And uh, it was funny because it made me think, I'm like, you know, that's how I was when I was a firefighter and I got, you know, hounded for that, but he was just showing me what he knew, you know, um, and, and now in the firehouse to go on to what you're talking about with people trusting you within the firehouse that translates to the fireground. I couldn't agree with you more, Um, you know, and a lot of how me as a younger guy, you know, because we have a lot of senior guys in our department or people that are senior to me, both in age and in in rank and uh, not rank, but um, time on the department. But a humanistic approach to things goes a long way. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, investing yourself in not only the skills and the job, which people who know me know that I invest myself in the job. But if they're, if they haven't worked with me or they don't know how I'm going to be as an officer, I treat them with the utmost respect of not that they are subordinate, even though they are, because it, it is the, what it is. It's a, subor, it's a subordinate at the end of the day. But if you treat them as equal within the firehouse, as far as like just a human, right, I invest myself in their family, what their kids' names are. Hey, it's your birthday coming up. All right, cool. I'll kind of mark that down. Um, those kind of things, because that in a sense creates that trust without even have done any having done any type of skills with that person so when you go to a call if you've invested yourself in them as a human being they're now going to be like well if he cares that much about me at the station I, or the firehouse, i'm i can trust that he's not going to put me in a position here that i can't trust him right so that's assisted me in that way where you can relate to people on a human level and then when you go to that call and you tell them to do something they can trust then that you're not going to tell them to do something that's going to make them look bad or hurt them or harm them. Right. So the trust aspect of that, I have found personally that that has worked for me so far um, in a sense. And, uh, and I just, I'm a very humanistic person. Like vulnerability is huge to me, right. Especially as a young officer and as a young firefighter still, I mean, 10 years is nothing total time in the fire service is nothing in this job, you know, I feel it takes 20 years or so to even be super proficient just because the, the just different types of calls we can encounter, you know, we can't see everything in in 10 years, five years, whatever. Um, but the vulnerability of failing together as a crew is very important as well, you know, uh, and taking accountability as an officer for your crew, right. Making sure that they're taken care of at the end of the day, um, to be better because part of taking care of them is making sure they're good at their job. I know a lot of people don't believe in that, but if you make sure your guys are good, it's going to benefit the scene, the citizens, the safety of the crew, the everything, the firehouse, when you get back, because you're not going to have to have those tough conversations. So um, just that humanistic approach, I think is very important. uh, And it goes a long way with people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to care about them, right? If they know that you care about, you truly care about them and you put in as much work as they do, if not more, as the the officer, um, they're going to follow you just about anywhere. They really will. And they're going to give you honest feedback. They're not going to be a bunch of yes men. They're going to be like, all right, well, he's investing in us. I can invest in him by saying the things I need to say. So um, I like the humanity part of what you said. And humanity, when being an officer, I think refers to the uh, quality of incorporating empathy. Um, You have to be compassionate. You have to have genuine concern for the genuine concern for the well-being um, of the others on your crew. You know what I mean, especially in your leadership approach. You have to recognize and value the inherent worth, the dignity, um, the diversity of the crew that you have. You know what they all bring to the table, their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, and then I think you know you got to have empathy. You have to be understanding. Um, You need authentic connections. Um, You have to support their development, push them if they need it, right? Tell them the things they may or may not want to hear, have those difficult discussions. Um, I don't want to say be a part of their work-life balance or be a part of their life outside the firehouse because some people just keep things to themselves, but I think there's little things you can do. Like I do performance appraisals yearly, right? So I've written down birthdays and after working with the same guys for five years, I know their birthdays now. Off the top of my head, I know birthday's coming. Hey man, I'll call them, text them. Usually, text is pretty easy because, yeah, when guys are off work and they're out of the firehouse, I don't want to bother them. Like I'm their boss, like you know what I mean. Like that's the last thing I want to do. I mean, yeah, we can laugh and joke and go back and forth. We have a group text. We you know we all kind of banter in and stuff. But you know, I, I think the 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 personal connection of I took time out of my day. Hey man, happy Father's Day. Happy birthday. Hey, you talked about your mom being sick last shift. How's she doing? doing? Right. Is there anything I can personally do? If there is, don't be afraid to call me. And you just leave it at that. They may give you like, if you have an Apple phone, the little thumbs up on your message and drop it. Don't bother them on their day off. Leave them alone. Right. Trust takes time. Don't rush it. And I've said that a lot. Um, you know, you have ethical decisions and then, um, you know, you gotta do the right thing. You gotta do the right thing about your people. Right. Um, you know, There needs to be flexibility. There's a gray area in certain situations where, you know, you don't just let people get away with stuff, but sometimes things aren't, don't go by policy or procedure. And you kind of, you know, I don't want to say look the other way, but you hold them accountable. But sometimes the flexibility needs to be there on the situation and be flexible, handle everything at the lowest level. Like I'd rather you go wash and wax something than me have to put you on charges and send it up the road. Like I do not want to do that. Because that creates nothing but headache. And the biggest thing about that, unless you blatantly, blatantly are, are being insubordinate, you're blatantly disrespecting your officer, it doesn't, you don't teach anyone, okay, you want to put me on charges? Fine, whatever. Doesn't do anything. I mean, it does, I guess, you know, in the long run, but I mean, I'm not There's a lot of people out there, you know, oh no, you put me on charges. Ooh, wait. whatever, dude. We're grown adults. Like, yep. I'd rather you say, hey, MF or, And break me down. Hey, I'm disappointed in you, which is probably the worst thing I think I could. Someone that I really, really, really respect could say to me, "Hey, look, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed." You want to talk about a way to make me freaking hate my life? Do that to me one good time, especially if I really respect the person. Um, so it kind of comes back to the and and I'm I'm not going to be very long-winded about this. It comes back to the whole servant leadership thing, and you know, humanity and leadership. It often aligns with the concept of um, the servant leadership style. Um, when you embody that approach, you prioritize the need the, t- the needs of your team members. Um, you support yeah. their growth, their success, and um, you know hopefully they will eventually see themselves as um, facilitators and they want to serve their team just like you're serving them. And you know, in a collaborative way, uh, you're going to achieve the common goals that you're trying to accomplish. So when you infuse humanity into your le- into your leadership, into being an officer, being the company officer, um, you can create positive and uh, inclusive work environments. Um, you can foster an actual meaningful connection because you don't want to be that officer who says, I take care of my guys. So uh, look at all I do. No, you want no. them to genuinely know because they're going to see right through it. They're going to see absolutely right through a fake facade. Um, you want to create, like I said, foster those very meaningful uh, connections. Um, you want to motivate the guys on your shift to perform at their best. Um, and it's going to help build trust. It's going to build loyalty. Um, and I think what I think is the what you kind of touched on earlier about taking classes and it feels like nobody cares, you're going to feel like um, you have purpose. Your members have purpose. And all of that's going to lead to the overall success and well-being of your crew. And that'll translate into, um, chemistry, uh, trust. Like I said, don't rush trust. It builds time. Chemistry builds over time from trust. And then you guys just work like a well-oiled machine. And then you go to the fire ground and you're just firing on all cylinders. You get to the point where, um, you don't really have to talk. You can just, you're the driver. Okay. You're going to do driver stuff. You're the officer. You're doing officer stuff. You're a fireman. You're doing fireman stuff, pulling hand lines, putting, putting fires out, you know, ladders, hooking ceilings. Saving babies, maybe, you know, (laughs) I I mean, that last part I threw in there as a joke, but you, I mean, you could make a rescue. Um, So, you know, the, the humanity part of it uh, was, 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 I think, very, very important with what you said. Um, So with that, I do want to kind of change foot a little bit. Um, You know, as a new officer, you're not going to know absolutely everything, right? There's going to be a lot of stuff you've never experienced before. There's going to be things that are not in a book. There's going to be things that are not in your procedures manual or general orders or SOPs, whatever whatever your department calls it. There's going to be things that are not going to be there. And what I've always learned was have a mentor be a mentor, right? It's a sandwich. Uh, have a mentor be a mentor. Maybe that's not a sandwich. But anyway, I go to my mentors. I go to my peers. I don't go to my battalion chief. I don't go to my captain. I go to someone... That I look at as a mentor, as a peer, and I'll run the idea across them. What um what have you experienced? And uh like let's talk a little bit about that of how you know networking and mentorship is gonna help you because I don't know how you've been in the few months you've been an officer, but I felt like for the first few years and even sometimes now, I'm like, well shit, I don't know what to do. Well, let me consult. All right, this is my plan, and I'm gonna go consult somebody. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, so um, I think mentorship in the fire service is very, very important. Um, I actually got uh, asked this question on the last podcast I did. And uh, they asked, Who is a mentor to me? uh, You know, who do I look at as a mentor? And I really couldn't answer that. And I say that for many reasons, because uh, I have a lot of people in my in my circle that are far, far better than I think I'll ever be. Uh, And that motivates me to be better. Um, And I say that With I can call any or text any one of them with anything that I either did didn't do, uh, you know, and kind of get their feedback on what I'm doing and how I'm doing. And that was from firefighter, driver, lieutenant. Now, uh, all facets of my career, I've been able to lean on these people. In addition to instructing, they're instructors that I've had in classes, and that's how I kind of met them. And they taught in a way that I just was like, this is awesome. Like they're very down to earth they don't forget what they came from. Uh, you know, and that to me was very important, you know, not forgetting where you came from, which has a lot to do with, like I said earlier, how I approach leadership in the fire service, and in general. Um, but for as far as mentors go, I have a bunch of people that I that I do lean on. Um, and they're very important. But even mentors, right, you can't always reach those people when you're on the scene, right, or at work. So going back to kind of how I how I treat people, right you have senior members i'm young you started when you were young as an officer so when you needed assistance right part of that vulnerability and trust is you asking these senior guys that do bring something to the table or have experienced these certain things have gone to this building right this next three shifts i'm going to a, a station that is on the south clearwater beach area of clearwater and it's 99% high rises and buildings with scissor stairs and buildings that the first five floors are parking garage. And then this, the hotel starts and stuff like that. Well, those are things that unless I was out there for some period of time, I'm not going to know. So in a mentor capacity at the beginning of the shift, I sit down with those guys and and they're both very senior on my shift and I've already worked one shift with them. And that's how I know this is how the dynamics can go. Uh, I asked them, said, Hey, I'm a new officer, I'm young, I'm confident in the skills that I have and I'm confident in you guys' skills as firefighters, paramedics, and drivers. But if there's something that we're going to today that is a challenge, it's a crazy building, it's got something that might not be in the pre-plan or something, a position, a parking that you know is better than the other, let me know, right? I'll evaluate it in that moment. And if we can work together as a team and accomplish the task that needs to be done, that's a win for us all. I'll learn from it. You guys will learn from it. We'll go back and have coffee and and talk about it. And that to me is super important in utilizing your guys and the resources that you have available to you on these scenes, and not just be well, I'm the officer, I'm making the decision. Well, it depends, right? You have to vet that information that's being given to you and know those people in your department, right? I'm not just saying willy nilly, like whoever says something, believe it because you don't know the answer. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just I know these guys and i know what experience they bring to the table and and who they are as people and i have no problem as an officer or just as a, fu- a human to say hey help me here right if if you can help me great if i can help you i'm going to help you and we're going to accomplish this as efficiently and fast as possible and you know get what needs to be done done
0: yeah and uh, you know i think humility goes a long way too i think And I remember this a little bit as a firefighter where, you know, I'm not saying an officer, just anyone. It's kind of nice. Like, Hey, Dave, I don't know what to do with this. I'm going to need your help. Cool, man. Yeah, I got you. Like, it was nice when people would come to you and say, Hey, I could really use your help. And I, and what I've learned was when an officer, especially somebody that I knew who they were and they come and work and I was driving and, hey, man, I'm going to need help with the area, or I'm going to need help. Let, show me over your equipment. If you're entrusting me to kind of show you these things and fill in the gaps that you as the officer are ultimately responsible for, and you're entrusting me with that, it motivates me. Like, you like, oh, of everyone here, you came to me. Well, I can't let you down. We're going to do this together. And I think, you know, humility is a big deal. And, you know, I think you have to have – you have to have like the right mindset. So the the right mindset um, can, in my opinion, contribute to your ability to overcome obstacles and um, achieve success. And when you believe in yourself, uh, you em- embrace your determination and you maintain a positive attitude, even though you don't know what's going on, what to do as far as, you know, like you said, the area and all that. I think that will, you know, show to the guys that you're working with that. You're there for the right reasons. You want to be there. And I think you're gonna have a good outcome on it. You know, I mean, I, I was never a detail officer, but I've wor- I work overtime and swaps and stuff where I'm not in my firehouse fairly regularly. And I mean, you got to read the room, right? They're sizing you up just like you're sizing them up. Like you talked about validating. You got yeah. 15 years on, just because you got 15 years on doesn't mean you are a productive person in the department. Absolutely. Longevity is much different than proficiency. You know, and it's very cliche, but you know, you may look at that five-year guy that's freaking gun-ho and talk to him over the guy with 20 years on that just turns his nose up at you. So you got, again, you have to read the room and, um, you know, people talk a lot about as officers, how you have to be humble and you have to do all this and you have to open up and serve the people that you work with and all that. And those things are right and they're good, but everything you're doing to kind of establish yourself they're doing too so they're sizing you up like you know what i mean like <clears throat> they're going to know who you are before you ever walk in the door your reputation's always going to precede you you yep. know you, you know what i'm saying uh good or bad good or bad and i think when you walk in there with the right attitude and you're you're present in the moment and you know you read the room i think it's going to create a lot of success for you and like I said before, and I'm, I apologize for being long-winded, it all kind of gets encompassed back to, you know, the relatability or the um, the connection you make, I think, when people, when you ask them for their help directly. You, I, I always think it's a good outcome. And, you know, it's much different than if you were to show up as a lieutenant and you're like, and he says something effective, you know, hey, dude, we're running this 30-story high-rise. Yeah, I got it. I'm good. Just, you know, go ahead and go. Or
1: dismiss And like it. you said, they know you before you get there. Yeah. They know damn well. Yeah, they I'm know. I'm not a high-rise guy. I've worked, in, I've worked in the same area for five and a half years before I got promoted. And there's one high-rise, and we treat it as a high-rise, and it's a four-story building. It's not a high-rise, right? So they know if we're going to a high-rise, I am not a high-rise guru. So if I sit there and tell them that, yeah, I got it, they know they're going to see right through that. They're going to throw the bullshit flag up. And they now they've <laughs> lost their trust that they had for me and what little bit that they probably had at the beginning of the day, uh, just from lack of, you know, working together and stuff like that. So that's where, you know, yes, it's, you want to have a set of skills and some confidence as an officer, which inevitably you're going to have in, in most aspects, right? I, you can should give have. The gear, I can look at the pre-plan. I can give the size up. I can tell you what hose to pull. We're grabbing our high rise gear. Cool. But when you say, Hey, we should use this stairwell. And I said, no, no, we got it. We got it you've been to that building 20 times 30 times i've been there zero and when they know that they know that you're fluffing and trying to show a false sense of confidence and and it's just i i don't i don't agree with that i don't like it
0: yeah and you have to be able to i don't want to say get that out of them but you have to be you have to communicate very clearly that you're going to need that from them so a few episodes ago i had um i had tim Klett on um and it was very interesting because he was a he was an officer at an engine and, you know, the long story short, cause I don't want to butcher the story. Um, they didn't communicate about which stairwell to use to get to the fire. So now they're running this gigantic line when the guy knew, Oh, you could have gone to this stairwell and it would have been a home run. And then there was, it was a, but it, again, it was a breakdown in communication and, you know, it was very forthcoming about that and not that, you know, there's anything to hide. But again, it comes down to um, communication and achieving the goal. And you, and you have to be that way. You know, he's a very humble guy. It was uh, episode 18. Uh, You know, if you guys want to go back and listen to that, it was the um, leadership dividends and navigating personnel challenges uh, with Tim Klett, New York City firefighter, New York City lieutenant, excuse me. Um, Good story there. And it relates directly to this. You know, just like you said, you got to trust them. You have to validate it, but you have to trust them, and that has to be communicated because you can't know everything. You guys work here; I don't. You guys are hopefully are like the go-get or the um, subject matter experts for the for the area. You know, like your trick addresses, you know, trouble buildings, all these things that have these very unique situations where the basics have to be altered, like we talked about, right? Layout, pull a line, talk on the radio, do a 360, check a basement. If that's what your basics are, right? Elaborate or um, evolve from there. The evolution will come. Um, So, yeah, man, you just, you got to be, you got to communicate it. And I think the clear communication is what's going to foster that environment as well. Especially, like I said before, and I hate to, I hate to talk in circles, but, you know, when you're open and honest, a little humble about it, they, they eat that up. You, you guys on your shift will eat that up because now they feel empowered. Like, not that they have something over you, but they feel empowered. Like, I got to help this guy.
1: I'm a part of the team. They feel I'm a part of part the of, team.
0: I'm a valued part of the team. Yep. And over time, which we talked about as well, you know, learning each other's strengths and weaknesses, you know, my strengths could be your weakness. Your, your strengths could be my weaknesses, yep. you know? Um, so, I mean, you've talked a little bit about uh, – being a float officer and all that, and this is a, not a little off topic, but what was your first day like as an officer walking in, knowing,
1: this is it no turning back? It's me. Yeah. So that was that was the most humbling part of it all. I think is uh, because, like I said, I I worked a lot of hours, ride up time, on overtime, different shifts, all that kind of stuff. So I had some sense of like normalcy when I got there, but then when throughout the day and different things were happening. Uh, you know, you do come to that realization. That you're like, I, I am it. Like, it. No more can I just be like, well, I'm filling in today. Tomorrow, I'm gonna be riding backwards again. Uh, you know, I can kind of just handle it. But you know, I'll talk to another officer. Like, you're the end of the line, unless you have those mentors, and those people you talk to. But um, I, I think it was pretty good. Um, it wasn't. We didn't really have anything terrible uh, as far as you know, complexity wise. Just run of the mill calls. Um. You know, I had a couple pretty good fires um, before I got promoted, like as a write-up officer, um, which was a really good experience, but I'm still waiting on that that first fire since I got promoted. So, What's a write-up officer? uh, Like an acting officer, like a firefighter that's uh, acting as a lieutenant. A first first acting guy. So like if the officer's off, you backfill
0: unless they, I guess, send a detail or something in. Yeah. So... (sighs) this is something I've talked about before. And, and I think you and I actually talked about this, to be honest with you, informal leadership, yep. Um, leading uh, as a firefighter, being a senior firefighter. And it sounds like you have some experience with that being able to have first acting or writing up, excuse me, is what you guys call it. Um, what kind of foundation did that give you going in knowing you're not just writing up anymore, you're writing up every day?
1: So I kind of alluded to it earlier, and this is something that I'm very, very, very passionate about. Um, I think the most valuable person on a fire engine, a lot of times the driver, the driver gets you there, the driver gets you water. That's very important as far as a fire ground goes. The tailboard firefighter is an extremely, extremely valuable asset to the fire scene. And I say that because the driver's at the pump panel a lot of times. The driver's at the, you know, at the um, standpipe, they're controlling that. The driver's not always with the officer. So within the firehouse, the the driver takes the role of senior guy or informal leader a lot of times in the firehouse. But on the fire scene, on the fire ground, when you're inside or whatever, if you've invested in this job for your entire career and taken all those nuggets people have given you and all that kind of stuff, it just increases your value within that and also has that like ability of your officer to then rely on you. Right. And I, and I say that loosely because we've all been there with officers and, and, you know, I don't know how much you floated even as a firefighter. But like for me, I kind of was in the same house for a while, but I drove a lot as an officer. I drove a lot um, out of class as well. Um, both truck companies, the heavy rescue, all that stuff I drove. So um, I was in, a, in and out of a lot of firehouses. And, you know, I never it was rough to see that there wasn't a lot of firefighters. That these officers were relying on. You know to be that second set of eyes like they didn't trust the guys you know and gals that are with them um just because you haven't invested yourself um take classes learn things even if it's not something that you currently do have it as a nugget because when you get in that scenario where you're like oh shoot i've never seen this before your officer's like oh my god i've never seen this before and you say hey respectfully uh maybe try this or or maybe this will work however you know to present that to your officer and when you start having those scenarios where you assist in an informal leadership position, that word travels a long way too, right?
0: Yeah. You and you're it. saying you broke up a little bit. I apologize. Um, you're saying the most important person for this example you were giving was the the
1: firefighter, right? On the fireground, yes. On the uh, fireground, okay. Informal leadership in the station, I believe the driver should choreograph that because they usually are a little more senior than the firefighter potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in our department, a lot of the drivers are a little more senior than the firefighters. But um, the informal leader on a scene, whether it be peers, because I'm not even talking as a firefighter in helping the officer, but a firefighter helping another firefighter, right? Picking up that slack that we see sometimes of people who don't train a lot or people that aren't solid in their skills. If they're lacking and you can quickly go over there, help them, boom, you just led by example by helping them out, but you also sped the scene up right? Kept it on pace. And then you go back and and keep doing what you were doing. Um, That informal leadership goes a long way. And that word, excuse me, will travel fast uh, of who is squared away and who isn't. You know, we all know those guys like, oh, shoot, so-and-so is coming into our station today. Hey, you better be on your game because they don't know what they're doing. Sure, That's the last person that me as an officer, that's the last person I want is tailboard. I'd rather have a one-day guy that has a lot of passion and a lot of drive to learn and whatever than a 20 year guy that could care less and has had 21, 20 probation years, like having to be told everything, do everything for him. Like I'd much rather have that one year guy. That's got a lot of passion and drive and wants to learn behind me because that's somebody that will benefit everybody in the long run. Um, yeah. They can hold it into that informal leader.
0: Well, that's also building your foundation, establishing yourself, um, you know, you're starting to build um, your leadership potential. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but I think uh, credibility is a big thing, and, and when you're doing that, a good reputation is very difficult to build, and those actions, those things that you do, those take time, and that builds your um, I'm trying to think what the word is. Credibility, I guess, is probably the easiest way to say, but build your credibility, and you can lose that in, in, in an instant. Yep. You know, and that's why, you know, everything you're doing, leadership starts day one of the academy, As far, especially if you want to be an officer, your interview starts then with the people that you're going to lead. Um, I did a lot of stupid things. I got hired very, very young. Um, for those uh, people that know who I am, I, uh, and we can talk about this off, off the podcast. Uh, I did something really, really dumb and uh, created a lot of headaches for myself. Uh, the situation was... 13 years ago. And I still pay for it today as an officer. It comes up, I get asked about it all the time. Um, People will jokingly say something about it. You know, a lot of it, and you know how the fire department is, the people that are going to say it to your face, you know, typically are going to be giving you a hard time, or they may be calling you out because they don't like you. But Um, it still comes up, right? So the point that I'm making is everything matters. Everyone remembers everything. You know, you can't have your shirt untucked for 10 years as a firefighter, walk in day one and scream and yell and demand people. Now, you know, everything matters. Everything matters that you do all the way up. So you need to put yourself in the best position um, to have the credibility. And that's definitely something I never thought about or cared about. And then I got into being an officer and I was like... I'm a lieutenant. These guys are going to listen to me. I'm going to tell them what to do. And I was dead wrong. And I yeah. learned a lot of headaches. Or I learned a lot of lessons. Um, you know, and for some reason, I always seem to learn things the hard way, never the, easy, never the easy way. And, you know, I got nobody to blame but myself for the situation of what I did and and all that. That, again, like I said, still haunts me to this day. Um, but, you know, ultimately, it's it's how you handle it. So the point that I'm making is, you know, you talked about being a driver, being a firefighter, the firefighter being the most... Relate, uh, Influential person or biggest help for the officer on the fire ground, the driver in the firehouse, you know, you have to build that credibility for people to want to listen to you. And then as you work through that over time, when you go to move up, they're going to remember you, what you did as a firefighter. They're going to remember you, what you did as a driver. They're going to remember you when you were a instructor. They're going to remember you as a float officer. They're going to remember you as a medic. If you're a medic and you were a dirtbag on the medic unit, they're going to remember those things, right? It all, it's all one big, um, ongoing assessment and you need to set yourself up because if not, you're going to have, a, you're going to have a gigantic headache. So a little bit of rabbit hole, but I, you know, I think it's all relevant. No, I, what do you think?
1: I agree because like I said earlier, and I'll say it again, you know, from day one of fire school, uh, of, getting hired on part-time, working at a department that was very traditional as far as like, you know, being the senior guy or being the junior guy or being a driver or all that stuff was very traditional there where I worked. And so that was instilled in me early on. Like they said, everything you do, like you should be better every day, whether it be one thing, whether, you know, one thing or another, fireground stuff in the firehouse, making coffee, doing whatever, be better today than you were yesterday. One thing better. The same thing tomorrow. And, you know, that has helped mold me just for who I am. I've taken a ton of classes. I still take classes. I still do the skills that I'm doing with my guys and girls. I I don't sit there and say, you're going to do this because this is the way it needs to be done. I'm going to show you that I can do it probably faster. And then they're like, okay, well, wow. Okay. He's not just telling me to do this. And there's more example, but I did this with the recruits the other day. We were doing the, the blind SCBA just for SCBA familiarization. I haven't done the blind SCBA drill in three years, probably at least. And they were struggling, and struggling, but they were kind of giving me the look of like, "Why are we doing this?" Right? Like, what? And I said, sizing "It's sizing you for, up." It's for your, yeah. They're sizing me up, and I said, "Well, because it's to get you used to where the things are in your air pack. It has nothing to do with a real life scenario. Like, if you know, it is just is what it is." So I said, "You know what, guys? Take a five minute break, get some water. I'm going to demonstrate for you the naked SCBA drill." I said, "I'm going to mess it up the same exact way that we mess it up for you guys every time," and I did it. And the kid, when I got done, I probably, I don't know how fast I did it, probably 35 seconds or so. I put it all back together. I looked at him and the kid goes, you could see. I said, no, I couldn't see. I said, I might, the same hood you have on over my face, just like you as a blindfold. I said, I just wanted to show you that I'm not out here telling you that you need to do this because this is what we're telling you to do. I'm telling you because I've done this. I still can do it. And it's very valuable. Because it, you, can, it, you know where everything is in the air pack, second nature. Like I said earlier, a subconscious skill set creates a conscious mindset. I said, when you guys have to think about where the knob is to turn your bottle, where's your pass alarm, where's your buddy breathing, when you have to think about that, you're missing something else that's going on on the scene. You're missing something crucial that could potentially be going on because you're having to think about these very small little skills that should be second nature. So, um, but yeah, leading by example and the credibility thing throughout my entire career, even as a firefighter, acting driver, uh, you know, going through the promotional process of, of being a driver, going through the promotional process of a, of a, Lieutenant and now being a Lieutenant, um, every day is work and every day is still showing that the things you're doing, you know, is leading by example and you're able to do the job just as much as the next person.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing too, especially when you're very, very new to things or when you're a very, very new officer, and this is something that took me a long time to really, really build on. Or not build on. um, It really took me um, time to understand or maybe time to appreciate is to take every situation day, but just take it. One day at a time, one call at a time, one day at a time, one shift at a time or whatever, right? So I went to day work when I got promoted. And initially, you know, some people are like, well, why would you want to do that? That's dumb. You know, just they didn't agree with it. They're like, well, you should go on shift work, you know, this, that, or the other, or whatever, you know, blah, 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 which is fine. But I was on the radio every day. I was running calls every day. I was doing size ups every day. I was interacting with the people every day. I was unfortunately sometimes sticking my foot in my mouth every day. And I was like all over the place. But if you come back to center, take a deep breath, right? And um, take it day by day, take it situation by situation, and only dive into what's at the task at hand. Don't even worry about later on. Don't even think about it. Don't even look at it. Day by day, moment by moment, when you break it down over time, I think it makes things much easier. You know, I think when I was younger and I was a new officer and we missed fires because we're on another call or I was on leave, I was off or whatever. Um, I, what I realized is there's things that I can't control. And instead of getting worked up and everything over it, let it go. You know, control what you can. If you can't control it, communicate it. Let people know, depending on the situation. And take it one day at a time, one shift at a time, or one shift at a time, one call at a time. Um, and once you break those things down and you go and accomplish those small situations and build it over time, it makes things much easier. So that way you're not taking a gigantic bite and you're, I don't know how you are. I mean, I get very anxious about stuff. Even still, I have to actually stop, take a breath and refocus and come back to center on the situation, take a few minutes and think about it. If the situation, you know, warrants it or whatever. And, um. Keeping it, you got, and keep it simple, and handle it as it comes. And I think when people get off in the weeds, that's when they start making these weird decisions that just don't make sense. I've been incredibly guilty of that. Um, you know, it, it, that's the biggest thing. It's just one call at a time, one day at a time. And if you can't control it, you you got to let it go. I can't control that okay. we missed this fire. We were on a gas leak. I can't. We I can't change it. Let the guys be angry. They're gonna get mad. You want that? You want to be able to have to. You want to pull back on the range. You want to temper the aggression, not have to stoke it and push, push people. It. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now, I mean, again, a little bit of a rabbit hole, but, um, you know, I, I, that's been my biggest lesson, I think. And it's helped me make better decisions because the longest time I'm like worried about what people are thinking and how it's going to look or this, that, or the other. And it made me make dumb decisions. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we're hitting right around that hour mark. Um, I think. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I mean, I think this is get we're getting getting towards the end here. I think it's a no, good. It, and I just pretty like I said,
1: to summarize the you know the humanistic approach to leadership. To me, uh, you know, I know this podcast could go fireground or go firehouse, uh, but for me as a young officer right now, I think, and young officers that are aspiring, um, my message to them would be. Every day you're a firefighter, every day that you're a driver, every day that you aren't an officer should be just the same. Motivated, passion, learn, get better every day, be a part of the crew, be a part of the team, be a bar- part of the betterment of your fire department. Because uh, somebody said this a long time ago on a podcast and I loved it is like, if you don't believe your fire department or your company is the best in the country, you're doing something wrong. It might not be factually but you freaking better think that when you go to work in the morning because if you go into work and you're already like this place sucks our company sucks this engine sucks guess what it's gonna suck and you're gonna suck and your crew around you and the citizens are gonna suffer because of it the house is gonna burn down because of it because you you know are thinking about how bad it sucks be better every day learn every day take as many classes you can be that informal leader that your officer your driver in the fire ground needs and and just be better man and that transition that we talked about at the very beginning will be so much easier because it won't be such a transition it'll just be a different color shirt you put on different you know color badge different set of collar brass whatever it is it shouldn't change the firefighter you are the firefighter you are will always be the firefighter you are should be in my opinion and you should always be working getting better and and that's pretty much all i got no
0: absolutely that's very 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 well said and. I think a good way to um, wrap this up and kind of tie everything in together, kind of what you said was um, leadership potential, right? Leadership potential, um, it's an ongoing process. Uh, It evolves and develops develops over time. So your time as a firefighter touches on what I said earlier about starts day one in the academy, and every day you're paying into that bank of credibility. Um, It's not a fixed or uh, static trait. Um, but it's a journey of growth, learning, um, refinement and, you know, some of the things that you should consider while you're doing that and, and, you know, keep in mind while doing your, you know, I guess kind of while you're learning your leadership potential or figuring out what your potential is, because, you know, you only learn that as you do it and apply and practice it, which is why I really like this podcast. Cause I bring people on such as yourself and I learn all these things and then I get to go to work and apply it. It's fantastic, but what I didn't realize is how big of a uh, space or how how much potential people can have as a leader. Because you you can learn to be a leader, right? You're not born with it. It's not a born trade. It's something you learn if you want to, right? Leadership really isn't that difficult. It's just hard. It's not difficult. The ideas are not difficult. It's just difficult to apply them because you have to figure it out, trial and error, right? So with that, uh, you need to have some type of, you have to do continuing learning, right? When you have the potential and you, you, you embrace the potential, um, you're going to recognize that you're going to need to continuously self-improve. You should seek opportunities to expand your knowledge, acquire new skills, stay up to date on the latest, latest trends of, you know, being an officer, being a firefighter, whatever your job is. Um, You should be looking for, in my opinion feedback, um, self-reflection. I don't know if this is something you've done yet as a new officer and, and, you know, it's two months in, but either way, it doesn't matter. You can reflect on something on your way home from work. And I think that's incredibly important. You should take time for self-reflection after every shift. Um, I think self-awareness, or excuse me, self-reflection is um, it's crucial for your growth as an officer, as a leader. Um, when you seek feedback from others, not that you're running around chasing people down for it, but when you get those things in, really harness them, um, reflect on them. And the people that are saying these things to you, you know, always take their insight, you know, and, 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 and refine your approach if you need to. Um, always be open for constructive criticism. As I said, um, it's an opportunity to grow both, personally and professionally, because life experience is everything here too, right? Being a leader and an officer when you're in your 50s is much different than when you're in your 30s or your 40s, or when I got promoted my 20s, um, which was very difficult because I thought like a kid and I didn't think like an adult. And God, I wish I could go back and just smack myself for some of the stuff I did, but no worries. Um, you have to be adaptable, um, agile. You know, you have to adapt to the changing circumstances, uh, be flexible, be willing to step outside of your comfort zone, tackle unfamiliar situations head on. Because again, you're the officer, you should be running right into the fray, not running away from it. Um, Something else I learned as I got older was building relationships and establishing networks that we talked about. Um, I think understanding the value of strong relationships and strong network, um, engaging with others, foster meaningful connections. Um, and then you should be seeking out those people that can provide those things with you for you, and what I personally enjoy, I think, is I love being able to help people like when people come to me, hey man, I, what do you think about this? You know however big, however small, outside of work, inside of work, just one of my friends has nothing to do with the fire department. If you come to me asking me for help and I'm part of your network of you know who you would contact for. know, help with the situation. I love that shit. I love it. I eat it up. Um, And, you know, you provide the guidance and so you get provide, you get guidance and support from those in your network. Um, Most of all, you gotta lead by example. Um, Your leadership potential comes from leading by example. You have to embody the values and behaviors that you expect from your team, your crew, your whatever you're doing. Um, You have to be accountable Have integrity, strong work ethic, and um, you know, with those things, you're going to inspire through your actions, and uh, be a role model for your team. So, it's an ongoing thing. You know, it you're going to continuously have to uh, learn, read. Like I've said before, leaders are readers. Um, You're going to have to have time to take self reflection. You have to be adaptable. You have to build relationships, um, and you have to be willing to learn. Um, from both uh, positive experiences and challenging experiences. And just embrace the process. You can unlock your full potential as an officer and make meaningful impact on other people as a leader when you truly care and you try. You really can. And, and I've said this before on my podcast multiple times. The most, one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life was be a company officer once I realized the impact I can have on people Both inside of work, outside of work, with my attitude. Um, I like the fact that I can open doors for people that I was never able to open before when I was a uh, firefighter and filtering BS from my guys and fighting for them and uh, holding them accountable when they need to be. I think those, I, I think it's, it's one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life, but it, it's very, very rewarding. Especially when you handle the situation correctly, and like I've said before, you can see it on their faces. You really can. So I apologize for that long monologue. Those are just some things to, you know, tie everything together. Um, you know, most of all, thank you for your time, uh, Tyler. I, I greatly appreciate it. And
1: absolutely, thank you. Know, you.
0: Yep. I love the, uh, I love the motivation, dude. You're, you're, gonna go, you're going places. You're going to do a lot of really good things. And um, the relatability of everything that you said because you're pulling from your firefighter experience, which is, in my opinion, the biggest thing as an officer. Don't ever forget where you came from,
1: ever. Be the leader that you wanted leading you when you first started. Be the leader that you wish you always had,
0: right? Yep. Um, And, you know, in closing, learn from the bad leaders. Try to be the one you wish you had every single day. Care about each other through your actions, not just words. And, um, you know, go forth and conquer and take it day by day, enjoy it, enjoy the process. It's fun. And, uh, you know, your career is very short, so enjoy it. Absolutely. So Tyler, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so don't go anywhere real quick. I'm going to close this out.
1: Uh, is there anything, oh,
0: real quick, is there anything else you wanted to touch on anybody you want to say hi to, um, anything like that? Any shout outs?
1: No, not off the top of my head. Uh, I'm the president of Cigar City Fools. If you're into the Fools, um, it's a fraternal order of Leatherheads Society uh, here in Tampa, Florida. So if you want to check us out, Cigar City Fools on Instagram, Cigar City Fools on Facebook. Um, We'd love to have some people come in and talk or teach some classes. Awesome. So we're going to
0: add links to all of that below. Um, And we'll have some links to contact Tyler as well. So everybody, thank you so much for your time. Uh, before we go, also remember to leave us a review and download our episodes. Share it with your friends. Five-star reviews are our favorite. It helps us grow the podcast. We can reach more people. Thank you all for your time. Tip of the spear leadership. Be present. Be yourself. Be unstoppable. Thanks, guys. <laughs>